name is Inigo Montoya. Hello, Marion. Indiana Jones. Hello. Use the false loop. What's your job, Marlo? Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. What's up now? Spider friends. Go for it. Transform and roll out. And all forms the head. That's what she said. Hey, this is Jonathan. And this is Alan, and welcome to the Nerd and Me podcast. Jonathan, what are we talking about today? In a world where vampires exist and rule from the shadows, one man will stand against them. He is the Daywalker. He is Blade. Alan, we're talking about Blade. <laughs> that was good. The movie. What? Very nice. <laughs> talking about Blade, the movie, because it's its 20th anniversary. And not only are we discussing the movie itself, but we're discussing on its long-term impact on the movie slash superhero movie industry as a whole. Yeah, Blade came out, like you said, 20 years ago. It was, let's say, I would say Marvel's biggest success during its time period. I mean, prior to that, you had- uh, Probably only. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they had this Fantastic Four that went direct to video, I believe. Yeah, the Roger Corman Fantastic Four. Right, they had the Howard the Duck thing. Ugh. Did you ever see Fantastic Four, the Howard Corman one that went to video? Um, I, I Actually, think I've seen bits and pieces. I don't think I sat for the whole thing. You know, it didn't go to video. It was never released. It was bootlegged onto video. Oh, yeah. Right. Because uh, they, had, they wanted pretty... to retain the rights to it or something. Yeah. Yeah. Or I think they just never wanted to release it. The deal was they released, uh, they made it to keep the license. Because right. uh, with these, when they license out these characters, they have to, the studio gets them, has to make a movie every X amount of years in order to keep the license. Right. Um, which is uh, the rumor why the most recent Fantastic Four movie was made, just to kind of keep the license away from Marvel. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry, but go ahead. So they, there was a Fantastic Four by Roger Corman that was never released. Uh, Howard the Duck, which was released, uh, George Lucas movie, which was released in the 80s, which was terrible. And they had the Dolph Lundgren uh, Punisher movie. Which I think that went to straight to video, right? That should go straight to the trash movie. can. <laughs> <laughs> I know, he didn't even put the skull on, right? No skull. It was just a dude with a, basically Rambo. Is what yeah, it, it was all longer with black hair. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and then in comes along Blade. And, you know, I, I picked up the trailer on YouTube and I, I, I was watching it and I was thinking, wow. And I was trying to think what, what grabbed us about this character because you know, he's been in Marvel Comics for quite some time, but he was, he was one of those unknown kind of things. But I remember... I remember during their time period, like, because uh, we were in college at the time, um, it was like the darker kind of comic books were starting to become popular, like Punisher, Ghost Rider, and I think Blade was part of like a group of other guys, wasn't he? Like uh, the Night Stu Midnight no, Suns, I think. Midnight Suns, yes, yeah. exactly. So to have a Bladed as, as a movie, that, that was kind of bizarre, but uh, watching the trailer, it's like, man, I, I think I remember why I wanted to watch it. Even the trailer looked good. Yeah, you're right. It was a weird. It was a weird time. We were out of college, um, and yeah, Marvel hadn't put out a good movie, and we were in the doldrums of like the Batman Forever and the Batman and Robin movies, and it was a really dark time for superhero movies, <laughs> which which reflected the industry as a whole. Remember, uh, 
the comic books, uh, you know, all the heroes are getting darker and grittier, and they, they all had pouches on their uniforms, and they all had armor. <laughs> right. And it was just it was just a weird, crazy time for the industry as a whole. Uh, I think you and I kind of stepped away from comic books for for a while there, or at least drastically dropped how much we were reading. Um, the books we were reading. So when Blade came out, it was kind of like, uh, well, when they announced Blade, we were scratching our heads like, of all the superheroes, this is who they're going to go with. Right. Um, so we really didn't, you know, our last good movie was maybe Batman Returns. I mean, that's debatable. I didn't like Batman Returns that much. But, you know, uh, Batman Returns was in 92. So, and up till then, Marvel couldn't make uh, a Marvel hero let alone marvel itself couldn't make a uh, a good movie it was all dominated by by uh, dc you know you had your christopher reeve superman movies and then you had your michael keaton slash tim burton batman movies um so yeah blade was a huge huge risk i think it, what's interesting too is if you were to watch a marvel movie today i mean you can even get some audience audiences like clapping when they see the marvel logo and right. this movie blade i don't think it's even mentioned till the end of credits i think like, I don't oh, think that's it, a Marvel product. That's a Marvel product, yeah. Right. Well, it's, uh, I think this is when, um, this is toward the time when Marvel uh, was kicking into bankruptcy, I think, right? Uh, or did they just go the, public? Uh, well, I don't know, but it's, it's probably about the same time period. Yeah, it was a, it was a bad time for comic books and for Marvel in, in general. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Wesley Snipe had a track record, you know, White Men Can't Jump, um, Wildcats, um, uh, a few other things i can't remember some of the things he uses oh demolition man i think had been out already right uh that probably came out later but money train and all those fun movies so you know it had a name attached to him but other than that we didn't really know anything about it yeah absolutely but but this is the movie with its success i mean it was relatively a low budget and it made it did really good at the box office and this is what kind of springboarded i think x-men you know for marvel movies or as Marvel properties to to do uh, cinematic stuff, at least. Right. Well, Blade, Blade made around seventy million uh, domestic and one hundred and twelve or one hundred and thirteen uh, globally, which which was good for, for again for a non non named per, like hero. You didn't know who Blade was, and he didn't have that kind of. It was a weird choice for a hero because he wasn't a straight up costume superhero, and maybe that's what worked to its benefit. Um, you know, he does have that horror side to it. Uh, but if you watched a movie, this is a superhero movie. You know, it's I don't. There was nothing in this movie that was I found to be horror-ish. I mean, right. it did deal with vampires, obviously, but that didn't make it a horror movie. There were no jump scares or anything like that. It was a straight-up action flick. Um, you know, and, and it fits the role of superhero. He's a he's a he's a superhuman. He's got skills and abilities that other humans don't have. Um, so yeah, I I think you're right. When and, and look, we're not the first ones to say this. Um, but Blade, I think, is because of the success of Blade, it obviously spun off a sequel, but it also gave, um, I, I think, Fox. Yeah, Fox had X-Men, right? Yeah, it gave Fox the kind of confidence to move forward with an X-Men movie. Um, and you can kind of see little, you know, Brian Singer did, did the X-Men movies. You can see little snippets of Blade in the X-Men. You know, I think, I think the choice to go with the black costumes as opposed to um you know the 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 normal x-men navy blue or wolverine with the brown and yellow sure you know i i think the put them in the kind of the black leather is a tribute you can attribute to blade success they saw that hey a way you can do this is, is you can still have them be superheroes but not have they don't have to look like superheroes you know um because superman went full 
tights. Man with full costume, you know, he had the underwear, he had the belt, he had everything. Yeah. Um, and I mean, Batman was a little dark, but even he had the yellow um, uh, insignia. So, you know, when you see Blade succeeding in black leather, I think um, I think that had an impact on, on, on how the X-Men were formulated, how they, how they decided to move ahead with the X-Men. Yeah. You know, it's funny because when you talk about superhero, when I think of Blade, I, I actually don't see him as a superhero in this movie. I just see this as like a like a horror and not really like an action thriller kind of thing. You know, he doesn't really exude exude like the, the, the cowl and cape thing. I, I think Marvel is today. That's why I think this Blade movie do, did well because it hit hit so many demographics. You know, there I have friends right now that that will not watch a Marvel movie only because it's that superhero genre kind of thing you know right but uh but wesley Snipes, you, you gotta talk about this guy i you know uh i did a post on instagram about like who who could you ca- if the blade was being filmed today and who who would you cast it's funny when you think of action heroes like who is action hero today I mean, it's, it's a lot smaller than what it used to be you know right. if this was the 80s and 90s you could probably rattle up at least maybe turn off the top of your head but can you get like other than superheroes, could you pick ten right now? I, no, I don't well, think I can. The, yeah, the funny thing is, most action heroes nowadays are like our action heroes. They're guys our age or older. You know, Bruce Willis is still considered action hero. Denzel Washington is an action yeah. hero. You know, Sylvester <laughs> um, so Stallone, Liam Neeson, yeah. Liam Neeson. You know, <laughs> from when he does the, all those movies he's been doing. So yeah, who who are? I mean, we talked about this uh, before. Who are the, the younger generation action heroes? Maybe Chris Pratt. Maybe Chris um, Pratt. Right. Maybe, maybe um, God, I don't even know. Because even even Robert Downey Jr. is our age. So, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I don't know who you would consider the the action heroes of today are. Yeah, it's 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 very very different than what they used to be, you know. Um, but I, I got some really cool answers. One of them, uh, Jay said uh, Michael B. Jordan, which I, I can see that he's got the the physique, the swag. Um, you said Chadwick Boseman, mm-hmm. Mr. Black Panther. Um, and then our other friend John uh, Idris Elba, but he's he's older, don't you think? Is he like he's, he's, he's like maybe two years younger than us? Yeah, yeah, maybe so. I think uh, my my choice would have been like Tracy Morgan. Like, I'm <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> no, I, I really, I really, I was trying to think of like like modern day action heroes that are like really legit action people, and I mean to pull up what Wesley Snipes did. He had that swag to him, that his, his that fierceness to him, you know, and uh, his martial arts. I mean, that that guy, um, Louis Tan, the moment he, he, I think they were thinking of him doing Nightwing. I mean, maybe someone like him, but Wesley Snipes. I think of anyone doing Blade. It's pretty tough. Well, I think um, I think we, we, uh, that's one of those perfect castings, you know, like. I, I think that's why it's hard for people to guess like who could be the next Blade because he's so perfectly cast as Blade. It's kind of like Christopher Reeves. Every Superman is going to be compared to Christopher Reeves, you know. So every right. Blade, you know, if they ever start making Blade movies again, will be compared to to uh, Wesley Sykes. I mean, there was a, a Blade TV show that kind of spun out of this. And oh yeah, yeah. You know, the guy did a serviceable job, but he wasn't Wesley Sykes. Sure. Sure. So, um, it's it's I, it's obviously part of what made Blade uh, 
the movie it was and and its success. I mean, it's a it's a great fun movie to watch. It's you're right. His his uh, martial arts background definitely helped um, in 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 the movie. And um, I think you know we we talked a few months ago about how he was taking meetings with Marvel, and we were like, oh my god, are they gonna reboot Blade? Oh my god, is <laughs> is he gonna play Blade at like 53 years old? I don't think you could because with him, supposedly he's uh, you know he doesn't age the same as everybody else. Yeah, but what if they said it in the future? <laughs> I, I guess you could. What if he's like 53-year-old Blade in 2092 <laughs> or something? What did you think of uh, Chris Christopherson as Whistler? I thought that was a bizarre choice, too. Well, I don't – you know, we are comic book readers, but I never really read Blade. So I didn't know who the Whistler character was. And for Chris Christopherson, um, it was kind of a weird choice because he did have a pretty decent – I mean, I think his, he was mostly known as a – a country artist, right? Like yeah, a singer? country singer, yeah. Uh, but he had some movies. He was he, he his movie stardom kind of started in the eighties, and then maybe it fell off a bit, and he came back with Blade. So I thought he did a great job. You know, I thought it worked well. Yeah, I thought they had really good chemistry. Being being that Whistler was kind of like Blade's father figure in his life, you know. But uh, the, no, you're right. Having Wesley Snipes doing this movie was was brilliant. I mean, I mean the, the acting doesn't really need much. I think you do need an actor that that actually has to play it kind of flat and stuff. But uh, it's just um, Wesley Snipes' attitude for Blade that that really drives his character. Yeah, I think that's. I think hitting on that is the attitude of 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 how he delivers his lines of the of the swagger and the confidence he, he portrays in the movie. Um, yeah, yeah, I think um, he was born for that role, and I think it's one that he really loved doing. Okay, but well, you know who he didn't like? Steven Dorff as, uh, oh, what the heck is the guy's name in the movie? Deacon Frost. Deacon Frost. I did not like him. To me, he looked like he was like 5'1 in the movie. Yeah, that was that, was that weird time when they were trying to force Stephen Stephen Dorff down our throats as a as a, a legitimate movie star. Um <laughs> he I mean, kind of remind the, me like a like a cheaper Kiefer Sutherland from the Lost Boys. Kind of okay, like that yeah. kind of angle, you know. I was I was thinking of a less talented Ethan Hawke. Uh, and I'm not <laughs> trying to crap Pierce. on the guy. He's made <laughs> movies, you know, whatever. Good for him. He's he's done things I'll never do, but you're right. I don't know I don't know if he was the absolute perfect. I mean, to stand up against you know, we talk about we talk about um, Zach Levi standing next to the rock in costume. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. You know, so Steve and Steve Dorf, the, the guy you stand next to Wesley Snipes, as, like, was there ever a doubt he would destroy this guy? <laughs> <laughs> you know, where is there, he, he wasn't menacing enough. He wasn't. I don't even know that he was um, vicious, if that's the word, vicious enough. You know, he didn't make me believe, uh, you know, the plot of stories he's trying to take over the vampire underworld and. And kind of be like, look, humans are our food. We should be treating them like cattle. Um, you know, he wanted the vampires have a more um, presence, you know, want, like because they were in hiding more or less. And they kind of had this unspoken deal with humans that, you know, we'll stay in the shadows and, you know, we'll pick you off a little bit at a time. And we'll have these blood banks where people donate blood that we'll use to survive. But we won't be in an outward malicious force well he was like screw that man you know it's like making a deal with, you know humans making a deal with cows let's just get out there and eat and, and live the life we want to live which sure. apparently includes rave music um but this isn't the guy that makes you think he could 
rule of Vampire Nation. You know what I mean? Right. But even when uh, at the end of the movie, I know we're jumping way ahead, but when they're trying to empower him uh, with like the blood god, right? Like even when when they got to that point, you never felt really truly threatened by the blood god, you know? Like he well, there, there's also some bad CGI involved in that too, but well, yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that's true too. Like, I, I saw the uh, the footage that they actually cut out the test footage of. Like, it was like a, like a blob, really. But it, yeah. it just never felt like Blade was ever threatened at the end. I mean, the funny sequence is cool, but you never got the sense that Blade was going to lose either. You mm-hmm. know, so like to to elevate a good guy, you have to have a good bad guy. Right. And it, it just seemed like like he was just more of like a like a gnat to play like the guy like a, a little pest that just kept buzzing his ear that, that just kept showing back up again. Right. Right. Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, I think I think they they upped the bad guy. Um, I think they came along with a better bad guy in Blade 2. And I think that's why I mean, oh, yeah. we're, not, we're talking about Blade 2, but I find Blade 2 to be just a better movie than Blade. Yeah. Um, and I think that's critically i think people believe that um and i I think you're right the main difference is is the bad guy you know and and the the story about the bad guy um but you know it's a small it's a small uh critique of blade because it's a great movie to watch yeah yeah it's it's very much rewatchable uh you you picked it as one of your favorite opening movie scenes in our in our um, favorite opening scenes uh podcast good um yeah <laughs> yeah so uh you know for people that haven't listened to it why don't you give a quick rundown of that opening scene and why it's so awesome oh the opening scene is pretty neat it, they have um oh what's her name tracy lords tracy lords and uh she's bringing in this guy it looks like a meat locker and it looks like a rave is going on and the music's blasting kind of like that and uh all of a sudden he feels like this wetness on his cheek and he touches it it's like like a drop of blood and he looks up and it's essentially the sprinkler system is just like like showering everyone with blood and they're all dancing and the whole place is just red, you know, and the guy's getting kicked to the ground and he's crawling on, on his hands and knees and he stops just to the foot of Blade's boot and the camera pans up and there's Blade in that bright light, you know, kind of menacing looking, wearing his leather suit and everyone just kind of clears away, right? And then, oh, what's the guy's name? I think Quinn goes... It's him. F him up. And they go <laughs> attack Blade and Blade just takes each and every one of them down one by one. What's neat, too, he was kind of like the James Bond of Vampire Slayers because he had like this potpourri of uh, of like weapons all over right. him. You know, the yeah, shotgun. Whistler was his cue. <laughs> Whistler, Whistler was his cue. And then here you go. You have full display of of. Uh, Wesley Snipes martial arts background just kicking butt, but it was it was like fun kicking butt because at the end of that fight, um, I think he he has this guy pinned to the wall, and he shoots like another stake in his other shoulder, and he does that little fist pump and he smiles kind of thing, and it was that like these little bits of humor I guess Marvel would kind of expand upon later on, but uh, that that opening scene is just tremendous, you know, with the music, the action, it, it's fantastic. Then you get a good deal idea as to. I guess what Blade is really capable of doing. Right. I think, I think you're right. I think it's a, a, you know, they, they really frame and start the movie in a way that lets you know that, you know, well, first of all, this is what Blade can do. He's got the martial arts. He's got the different weapons. He's got, you know, cause he, he, the whole rave is full of vampires, except for the guy that Tracy Lord brought in. Uh, so it's, it's basically Blade going nuts on everybody, but he uses 
different means to kill them all. And, you know, he's got the silver bullets. He's got the he's got uh, the sort of the daywalker, which I think is has tipped with silver. Uh, um, you know, he's got wooden stakes. He's got uh, does he have like garlic bombs or something like that or light bombs <laughs> or you know, his, his bullets are uh, hollow pointed with garlic, garlic in them. Yeah. yeah. So it's just uh it's just him having a grand old time and, 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 you know, you see his skill set, but you also see that he loves what he's doing. Um, and it's, it's just an action packed opening scene that introduces you to the world that you're about to delve into. <laughs> but as badass as he is, he's also like a struggling hero too. He's, he's essentially a loner. He has to take like a serum that kind of like, I think it, it, it curbs his feeling of, of bloodlust, I think. Yeah, I think that's what it is because he he's a, he's called the Daywalker because he's born of a, I think his mom what was it his mom was bitten while she was when pregnant. she was pregnant right and she gave birth to him so he's kind of half human half he's what do they say in the movie he's got all the all the strengths and none of the weaknesses right. of the vampires yeah so you know he can walk in the daylight and stuff like that but he does have that bloodlust um, and and I think you're right I think Whistler or whomever concocted the formula that he takes to help curb his bloodlust right. Yeah. And the, the, the doctor that he meets up with, she tries to cure him, and apparently, it makes vampires explode, which is which is very very cool. <laughs> the opposite of what she was going for, but <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> he figures out a way to use it. Yeah. Um, can we go back to uh, Quinn? Oh, yeah. uh, played by Donald Luge. Yeah. Uh, what a great! This guy's a great actor. He's a character actor. He's currently playing Harvey Bullock in the Gotham TV series, but he's a guy that uh, probably since then. Probably the first time I noticed him, but he's been a lot of great stuff uh, since then. And he's so funny in this movie. Uh, and he's so he's got some of the best lines in this movie. And and, um, you know, does he lose his hand when he takes the sword? Yeah. Off yeah. him. And, yeah. he, and he gets another one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it grows back. Uh, he t- I think, well, at the end of the movie, he got a, like another hand. And I guess I assume that he caught it like got off another dead person or something. and He was able to reattach it again. Oh, OK. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he, he was just really good in that. And, um, he was yeah, in, was, uh, sneakers. Do you remember that movie sneakers? Was he in sneakers? He was Gunter, Dr. Gunter Janik, the, the mathematician. Oh my God. I remember sneakers. I don't remember him. Oh. <laughs> um, but th- yeah, this guy's in everything. He's like, uh, he was in, um, the Cloverfield paradox. He was the sons of anarchy. Um, yeah, he was in, he was in this really good show that I only read for one season called Terriers. If you can find that anywhere, watch it. It's thirteen episodes, really good. Um, anyway, so yeah, it was just a really good um, good casting all around, except for that Stephen Dorff thing. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so we talked about we talked about how it kind of influenced X Men. So we have to look at how X Men came out in two thousand. Um, and we were super hyped for X Men. I remember being really, really excited oh my for X Men. Absolutely, yeah. And I think we saw we saw Blade together, mm-hmm. um, and I'm pretty sure we saw X Men together also. Um, and that was just that. I mean, that was the game changer. You know, um, Brian Singer. Uh, you know, it, it introduced the world. Uh, it introduced the world to Hugh Jackman. Um, even Storm's silly line about what happens to frogs when they're hit by lightning. Um, didn't ruin that movie. <laughs> Same thing as everything else. Why you even bring it up? <laughs> uh, yeah, but Hugh Jack. You know what's funny is uh, on a side note, if you see a progression of Hugh Jackman as as Wolverine, yeah, he gets he gets bigger 
and more more uh, cut <laughs> as he gets older instead of the opposite. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, he looks fantastic. Yeah, the, the, the those X-Men movies were awesome. I think it was one of those movies where you're curious as to how a comic book like the X-Men would translate to film. You know, right. and uh, especially with Wolverine, too, like we, you know, being comic book readers, we have this whole idea of what Wolverine is supposed to be. Could you pull it off? You know, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, Hugh Jackman killed it. Absolutely crushed Logan. Crushed well, I mean, I, there was so many of uh, because uh, X-Men came out in 2000. Blade 2 came out in 2002. And so I don't know. I, I think we talked about this. Like, when is Blade going to cross over with the X-Men? Um because uh, or even well, not Spider-Man so much. Spider-Man came out in 2002 also. So you have this kind of snowball effect, you know, um, and I don't know that anybody in the industry uh, attributes or gives Blade the credit it deserves. But I think a lot of people, including us, can look at Blade and say this is what started it. Oh, it's yeah. a springboard for sure. Right. I mean, if you look at what Blade did 20 years ago and where we are 20 years later, it's amazing. I mean, would there be a Marvel Cinematic Universe without Blade? Probably. I don't know. Not, I don't know. I mean, Marvel's it's its, its own machine, but it, this definitely had a huge influence of what you can do with a comic book property if, if it's right. done right. And take it, it seriously. And take it seriously, like an adult theme, because you're right. Batman and Robin, it, it was very campy, that, that last movie that came out right before that. It was very, very campy, and, and Blade just took a more mature tone about it, which is... You know, I, I can see Blade if if it was in the realm of what's on Netflix right now with um, Daredevil and Luke Cage, you know. Right. I, I can see him in that realm, but I don't know how he fits in with, like, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Well, I'll tell you this. I mean, Deadpool and Logan want to, you know, take their own horn that they're rated R. Blade right. was rated R. Oh, was it really? Blade was rated R. There you go. So... This is and this is another thing that's driving me crazy about the legacy of Blade. Look, I loved Black Panther. I, I, you know, I loved what it did for the culture and all this other things. But why didn't was the snipe and Blade get their due as the first black superhero, like right, successful right. black superhero movie? Oh, why sure. why isn't Blade getting the credit it deserves for the R for being one of the first really great R rated superhero movies? You know, right. and it might be that thing where, like, you know, we just differed on it. Where you're like, "Well, you don't think it's a superhero movie?" Where I'm like, "No, this is definitely a superhero movie." <laughs> um, so it might be that might be it. But Blade really didn't come up in any discussions at the beginning of the year when everybody was talking about the Black Panther and everybody's talking about Deadpool being rated R and Logan and being this successful. Um, 112 million in 1998 is nothing to sh- you know shake a stick at. I mean, you know, it could be because when you talk about like Marvel films. Like Iron Man One was a first truly Marvel made movie, you know, by themselves. Like, do you even think about um, the Hulk movie with Eric Bana? Is that his name, Eric Bana? Bana, yeah. Do Banna. I think about it? I try not to. Well, well yeah, but I mean, like, you, you you don't really think of that as part of the Marvel universe, do you? I mean, like, current Marvel universe. I mean, even with Ed Norton's version, I, I don't even really think that's even part of it, too. You know, I I always just think of Mark Ruffalo's version of the Hulk. But it could be that also, you know, like Marvel movies have are like known globally, right. where Blade maybe not so much. Well, let's let's look at the timeline here. So you had Blade, you had X Men, you had um, Spider Man, Spider Man, and then Blade Two. Then you have X Men Two, which was 
Uh, Blade 2 was better than Blade. X-Men 2 was better than X-Men. Spider-Man 2 was better than Spider-Man, right? Right. So then you have Hulk, Ang Lee's Hulk, which came out in 03. And everybody was like, what are we looking at? <laughs> um, I didn't know what was happening there. You know, the, the, the gamma-radiated poodles and all that. <laughs> I forgot um, about that. Right. And then we had Fantastic Four, which I I, I don't mind Fantastic Four. If it's oh, I don't TV, mind I'll it. Watch it. Yeah, it was yeah. okay. Um, so we have Fantastic Four, and then we have um, I'm trying to think what came that maybe Blade Three, and then or maybe Spider Man Three or X Men Three. And then we started going into a little bit of a downturn. Spider Man Three, Blade Three, Trinity, which is I got awful. I thought um, X Men Three, right? Mm-hmm. We get those things, and, and then we get Fantastic Four Two, and we're like, uh oh, this is the end of superhero movies. Well. 2005 or 6, I think, brings Batman Begins. And now we're like, uh-oh, DC's back. Marvel's over, right? <laughs> then we in 08, we get Iron Man, then we get Dark Knight Returns. I mean, not Returns, the Dark Knight. So that's solidified. That 2008 is when comic books movies put their foot down and said, no, we're here. Right. Iron Man and Dark Knight, we are here. Yeah, that's for me. And, and, and the fact that comic book movies weathered the, the threes, the Blade three, the, the X-Men three and Spider-Man three and Fantastic Four two. The fact that they weathered all that and was still able to come out with that great year of comic book movies in 08. I think that proves that this is viable and that this is something that they, look, the, the corporations don't care about us. They want to know where they're going to make money. <laughs> you know, they'll sure. make a Howard the Duck if it'll make a, you know, a, a $200 million. Sure, sure. Um, but I think that they know. And, and I think also what helps is that the, the, the the technology caught up with with the heroes, right? You know, because if you watch Blade now, as good as it is, you can see some of the spotty CGI in it. Blade you know? two came out before Spider Man, right? Um, they both came out in O two. I'm not sure what month. You know, it's funny. I remember. I clearly remember when we saw Blade two, and they had those like vampire ninja like people, like right going across the ceiling. And I remember you and I were seeing the movie. Why can't they make Spider-Man? This is Spider-Man. Why can't they do Spider-Man? They well, can do was, it now. Well, there, there was a scene. Was it Blade 2 where they were fighting in front of the lights? Where yes, that looked really. That's, that's I thought a, that's that looked bad. Scene. Well, yeah, it did look bad because it was CG, but you you had a feeling like they could do Spider-Man. Right. You know? Well, it's like when they made Matrix 2 or 3. And I'm like, dude, this is Superman. Like, they could totally do a Superman movie out of this. Right. Yeah. <laughs> in the, the Matrix. They uh, the they're flying. Yeah. So. I, it took a little while for the technology to catch up with the heroes. Um, and like I said, like Blade, you could, some of it's, you know, like the blood and all that stuff is a little, you could tell it's CGI. But if you look at the Phantom Menace, which was which was the, uh, I guess, the high mark of, of computer graphics back then, 99, right? Yeah. Um, you could you could kind of tell green screen and stuff like that with Phantom Menace now, too. Um, especially with the high-def TVs now. You know, they weren't dealing with high-def back then. Yeah. I think, you know, it's funny with the rated R. I think it has something to do with most of the mostly the language. There's a lot of f bombs in this movie. Oh yeah, it's pretty yeah. violent too. Well, yeah, it's pretty violent. But you and I were going to do like movie quotes in the beginning of the show, but we had to stop because you couldn't do it without dropping the f bomb. You're like, well, we can't say this. We can't say this. We can't say this. <laughs> pretty much the only one who says, "I'm bleed." <laughs> right. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so we're we're, we're so. I think we're we're it's safe to say that we wouldn't be in this golden age of comic movies if Blade didn't. And, and here's the other thing. It's only been 20 years. Yeah, <laughs> right. I mean, we're talking about 18, 19 Marvel movies 
and they only did it in 10 years, you know. Sure. Um, so, yeah, these past 20 years have just been really fantastic. When I, I mean, to be a geek and look, because of these movies, geek culture has become much more accepted. It's not I mean, I remember in college when we came back from the comic book store, we'd like hide our comics. because <laughs> <That's laughs> like, right. We don't want to walk around campus carrying comic books. I remember when um, Star Wars, the power of the force figures were released again um, in 97, I think, or, you know, a friend of mine. Uh, wanted a, a Darth Vader and I picked one up for him and we kind of exchanged it in the parking lot at school and like people were looking at us like what the f- what's going on with these nerds you know? <laughs> and I felt embarrassed giving this toy to them. like we're grown men I'm handing him a Darth Vader action figure and he was handing me like a Boba Fett we were trading because he found one and I found one and I was just like ugh but you know now it's it's nothing it's it's weird it's weird for I don't know if you found it weird, but I find it weird that it's so acceptable now. <laughs> oh, it's, I mean, just go to any Comic-Con today. I mean, I went to one last over the weekend over in Stockton Con, and it's it's just huge. I would say I would say 50% dress up as somebody in, in the Marvel, you know, in comic books in general or right. cartoons and stuff. It's just it's just and people are outside. It's it's very, very open about it. It's it's almost like the cool thing to do. Uh, versus back then, you know, but um, Blade is one of those movies where, like today, I can watch Blade and I'll enjoy it. I, I think it stands, um, the, the action sequences stand. It, I don't think it's dated at all, you know. It's something that you can pop in right now and be like, oh yeah, this, this is this could be like if you put it on the screen right now, it would be on par with the regular Marvel stuff, you know. It doesn't look dated at all, right? But I think what we also and looked before, um, you know. Batman Batman Returns didn't didn't kick off any kind of Marvel like, huh, we can do this, you know what I mean? But Blade right. for whatever reason did. And I just think it needs to be given its due, especially on the twentieth anniversary. Um and I look, I'd love to see Wesley Snipes back. I, I would have loved to have seen him as as a uh, uh, Black Panther's father. Um I don't know what they want to do with him, if they're gonna do anything with him. I know they took meetings with him. Um I would even let him be Moon Knight, you know, because then he doesn't even have to be in the costume that much. You know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, he is 50 something. And yeah, you say, well, look at Tom Cruise. Yeah. You're right. So um, I don't know. I, I just want to see I, I would love to see Blade back in the Marvel Universe. And if Wesley could pull off, heck, yeah, let him do it. Oh, my gosh. I, 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 I go crazy for sure. You know, but yeah, again, when talk- I think about when I think about like where does he fit in though, he seems like don't you think he fits in more where the like daredevil, like the Netflix kind of guys? More uh, no, than I that don't, tone. I don't know, man, because I couldn't get through the last season of Luke Cage, and I, oh, no, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't have, I don't know, I couldn't get through Punisher, I couldn't get through Luke Cage. I'm worried about the Netflix shows. I um, gotcha. No, I hear I, you. And I don't know, Wesley's he's still kind of too big a star to be. Uh, True. TV star, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And plus, it's 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 weird. It's really, really weird how they want to make the TV series part. Or they say it's part of the Marvel universe, but they do nothing to make us think they're part of the universe. You know what I mean? I think it's a contract thing. You think? Yeah, I'm sure Netflix would want a piece of whatever if it goes on film on the big screen. I guess so. Well, yeah, I don't know how all that stuff works, but. You know, they're Marvel characters. I don't, I don't see why he couldn't throw him a bone and put him in Infinity War, saving people in New York as, as people disappeared or whatever. You That'd know? be sick. Yeah. That'd be sick. Not unless the Netflix characters got Thanos. Well, <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> Especially Iron Fist. 
keep him yeah, in the so, uh, Blade had such an impact on you. You actually uh, you, went, you, you went through this period in your life where you were buying movie props and you bought something from Blade, didn't you? Oh, yeah. I had the Sword of the Daywalker, which is an amazing sword, which is really cool. And I was very pleased to see when I posted on Instagram, the majority of people got it right. Got one person thought it was Snake Eyes' sword, and I was uh, very disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> but it is a very cool sword. Uh, like, yeah, when you think of, like, Blade's arsenal, he had that. He had this, the glaive thing. It was kind of like a, like a boomerang-bladed thing. He had the cool car. He had the cool motorcycle. He had the the short bower shotgun that, that had the spikes and stuff. And he had this really cool... Um, like wire that came out of his belt where he cuts Quinn's head off at the end of the movie. Do you right. remember that scene? He just yeah, pulls out this wire, just chops his head off and, and the sunglasses. You know, the moment he put on those sunglasses, you knew you were in trouble, which is wonderful. The thing I, the thing I liked about Blade was it was so ingenious. Like, no one thought about it before. Like, he cut a hole in his coat so he could put his sword in there. Yeah, <laughs> like, like, no one ever thought of that before. <laughs> Genius. Um, so I busted out my handy inflation calculator, Alan. Oh. And um, uh, in 1988, uh, 1998, uh, Blade made worldwide about $112 million. So adjusted for inflation, that would be $173 million this wow. in 19. Uh, um, but what did it cost? That's, you know, that's what you need to figure out. I don't know what the budget was for it. 45 mil. There you go. So that's a $130 million uh, upgrade, right? Yeah. Yes, sir. I wonder what Blade 2 made. More. Can we speak briefly about Blade 2, about how good that movie was? Donnie Yen, baby. Was he in it? Yeah. Donnie Can Yen, he's he's, uh, he's, he's the from only Rogue Asian One, right? Yeah. Rogue One, Ip Man. Ip Man, yeah. Oh, was it Donnie Yen? I got to rewatch yeah. that. Yeah. Boy, they really underutilized him. Uh, they always underutilized him. Well, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, he would have he overshadowed Blade. I mean, he yeah. would have been a better bad guy to be used because the guy really knows how to fight. Right. Who's the bad guy? Wes Bentley or something? Oh. Uh, or am I thinking of Blade 3? No, oh, that's Blade 3. That was that was not good. The guy no, that was the one with Ryan Reynolds and... Uh, yeah. What's her face? Yeah, that was that's forgettable. Just Jessica, like Crystal Skull. Jessica Biel? Is that her name? Yeah. Nice butt, but... Yeah. So, adjusted for inflation... And um, Blade Two made two hundred seventeen million. Wow! Yeah, so it made more. There you go. Yeah, Blade Two was such a good. Uh, I mean, Blade Two is so good. It had uh, what's the name of it? The guy I didn't see at Comic Con this week, uh, two weekends ago. Um, oh, what's his name? He played Hellboy, Ron Perlman. Oh, oh, you, did you see him too? I, you know, he was there, but I didn't see him. They had him in the separate room with him and John Cusack. Oh, right. Uh, yeah, if you listen to the latest episode of Fat Guys in Little Coats, um, where we talk about uh, Steel City Con, um, we talk about how like I we never this is for, he's the first person I never laid eyes on. Hmm. Like I didn't see him from a distance. Wow, he's a big boy too. Yeah, I I just totally missed him. Hmm. I think they shuffled him to his table and out, and it was hard to see his table because he was in a separate room and, and he always had a huge huge line. Mm-hmm. So all right, cool. Blade yeah. two. Anything else with Blade? Uh, well, let me ask you this. I said I'd love to see Marvel. See, I'd love to see Wesley in the Marvel. Would you like to see Blade rebooted into the current Marvel Cinematic Universe? Oh, absolutely. I mean, any Blade's good Blade, I think, as long as you get the right actor to do it. But again, when I, I was really trying to think who could 
who can take on that role. I can't think of anyone else besides Wesley Snipes because the action hero guy does not exist anymore. He's not, he's, what, The Rock, I guess? We'd be the only guy left. The closest thing, yeah. The closest thing to, to an actor, yeah. Uh, other than that, no one else is into roids anymore, so who knows? Well, here's what... <laughs> so judgmental sometimes. Um, well, here's the thing. What does Marvel do better than almost anybody? Cast, right? Oh, yeah. True. So if they decide to do it, I trust Marvel casting to, you know, maybe, hey, what about uh, what about uh, the guy that plays Finn in Star Wars? Oh, well... Uh, well, yeah, he need to work out. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm sure he would. Now, Marvel makes them all work out. Um, yeah, but, you know, Wesley had that martial arts background to begin with, you know. So, well, you know what? They can do anything nowadays. You never know. Time and money, anyone can learn anything, I guess. You know what we didn't mention? Oh, was that Blade 2? Blade 2 was also directed by Guillermo del Toro. Yeah. Which uh, is fantastic. I didn't know that. Steven, Steven Nor- Norrington directed the first one. Um, and I think Goyer wrote all of them, I think. Goyer wrote – I know you wrote the first two. I don't know if you wrote the third one. Um, well, here, here's the thing we talked about. You know, Captain America 2 with the soldier was like that 70s spy thriller movie. Right? Yeah. And um, – drops up, sorry. And, uh, you know, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy was that, it was that space adventure. And um, what – if Marvel were to bring horror – like the you know delve into the horror genre do you think it's through blade or do you think it's through one of their other other um God. horror type like a ghost rider because ghost rider as long as it wasn't ghost rider that was well bad. ghost ghost rider's on the tv he's on Agents of shields oh that's right um yeah. mobius the living vampire is actually owned by the spider-man people because he's part of the spider-man universe mm-hmm. and they're actually gonna make a spider-man apparently um and then you, well we have venom coming out which is a sony and that's uh, supposed to be very dark. That looks very horror-ish, ish, horror-ish. So, if we go back to the Marvel Cinematic Universe and they want to do a horror genre movie, now think about this. But is it Blade or is it someone else? Now, what's the question? Who, who, who would bring it in? You mean? Who who should Marvel, if they decide to do the horror genre, who should they start with? Wow, I, I guess Blade. Blade would be the most logical choice. Because in current Marvel books right now, I don't think there is a dark kind of book other than maybe Punisher. Yeah, but like that. You used the Punisher to launch a horror, and plus he's on he's on Netflix. Right. Eh, Blade Blade's Blade's a good choice. But again, well, they have they have Damien, uh, Hellstorm, Damien Hellstorm, right? Um, Doctor Strange was a midnight son, but he's already there. I don't see him. I don't see them using Doctor Strange for horror, though. Yeah. Um, Ghost Rider. See, Ghost Rider might have. I don't know. I, well, they did do Ghost Rider. I, oh, dude, we forgot about the Ghost Rider Nick Cage movies. <laughs> I think they're forgotten on purpose. Yeah. Oh, those are terrible. Um, yeah, I guess you're right. I guess Blade is like the only one. The Man Thing, maybe. I don't know. I really, off the top of my head, I can't think of anything. I think DC. They have a lot of cool characters, but they're DC. You know, like Constantine, that's, right? That's pretty badass stuff. But uh, yeah, but, Constantine's in a much better position. I mean, DC's in a much better position to do a horror genre movie. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I don't think Marvel's ready for that. I mean, the closest you'd give this this kind of level of grit would be like Deadpool, like Logan, 
You know, right. Blade would fit on that vibe. All right, let me ask you this. And let me change the question. So they they're going to relaunch Blade. Do they stick with the kind of action movie of Wesley Snipes, or do they move toward a horror movie? Do they make Blade more of a horror movie? Yeah. If it's not broken, keep it, you know? I think you, you go the same route as the original movie somehow, some way. I and mean, then that's what – that's. I mean, let's face it. That's why Blade, the Blade movie was so good was because of the action and, and that tone that they gave it mm-hmm. rather than that – vampire kind of thing because you know van helsing you know i mean it's just it can it can look campy but blade doesn't make it look campy you know because he's not the suck my blood kind of guy i want to suck your blood yeah Yeah. they didn't go down that route, which was good even the (laughs) second one almost went down that route but they they had that that new breed of vampires where the face was split in half you know oh that was (laughs) (laughs) that was disgusting that was very creepy. Very creepy. Did not enjoy that. Yeah. All right. So, to our listeners, if you haven't seen Blade or you haven't seen it in a while, bust it out and watch this movie, and then go watch Blade too, because this is our, these are fantastic movies, and in our opinion, kicked off the golden age of comic book movies. But Blade was my first DVD. Was it really? You know what? And I bought it, and I didn't even have a DVD player. What? <laughs> yeah. 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 I knew one day I would, but I couldn't afford one, so. Golly, I don't remember my first DVD. I remember my first CD. Mine was my first uh, DVD. Edie Brickell, New Bohemians, Ghost of a Dog. Mine was Def Leppard Hysteria. Oh, that, oh, that's an awesome album. Which we talked about on our uh, Top Albums podcast episode. Oh, another plug. <laughs> I like it. Plugging away. All right. All right. Any thank yous? Uh, yeah, Alan, I want to say thank you. Um, which, well, I want to say gracias, which as you know is Brazilian for thank you. Uh, uh, shout out to our Brazilian listeners. What, what? All right. Um, not you, young man. You're cheating. Uh, we only got one. Okay. Wah. One new, uh, like on, um, uh, anchor, uh, Court Jensen. Court Jensen. Thank you, Court Jensen, for your favorite. Uh, I appreciate you listening. Tell your friends. Um, and gracias to you. Yeah. I just want to say if you enjoy our show and you listen to us on iTunes, please, please, please like, uh, give a five star review and write a nice little review for us because the more reviews we get, the more exposure we get on iTunes, the more exposure we get, the more listeners we get, the more listeners we get, Alan, the more we smile. Creepy. We're on <laughs> Anchor FM, Nerd and Me, Instagram, Nerd and Me. I'm more active on there. John's active on Facebook at Nerd and Me Podcast. No, we have Twitter, Nerd to Me Podcast. We don't use it. YouTube, John's very good with that stuff. Nerd to Me Podcast, he got some uh, unboxing reviews and things like that, which is really cool. Um, yeah, we're there. Keep in touch with us. And I want, definitely want to thank all the guys on Instagram. These guys, every time we put something up there, they participate. So thank you know who you are. So yeah, I love our Instagram uh, uh, crowd. Um, we asked for questions. We, did we get some questions? We got some questions. Oh, yes. So um, if you have some ideas you want us to do, hit us up. Facebook, Instagram, whatever. Uh, some things you want us to talk about. You know, Nerd Me is mostly like a 80s, 90s pop culture kind of show. So if there are any particular topics you want us to touch upon, let us know. Sure. Okay. No questions, though? Well, we got a lot of questions. Oh, you mean to answer right now? 
Yeah. <laughs> mm, no. <laughs> okay. We'll save it for the next one. Exactly. All right. That's it. Uh, I don't know. I feel like uh, – did we forget – oh, uh, you can listen to us on Obviously Nerd and Me. You can listen to our buddies Jay and Pete on um, Enter the Nerd Zone. Uh, you can listen to me and Pete on Fat Guys and Little Coats. You can listen to Jay and his daughter Diana on Stuff You Don't Need to Know. And you can find us all on the brothersandarmchairs.com website. Yeah, John and Pete just went to the Steel City Con. In Pittsburgh. In Pittsburgh, and they just put up a show. So go check them out. See what they did. See what they ate. Oh, we didn't talk about it. We, we went so long, we forgot to talk about where we ate. <laughs> yeah, we just talked about the show. We met... Dude, I met John. Here's a little spoiler preview. I met uh, uh, there were three guys from Cobra Kai there. There was uh, Martin Cove, who's sensei. There was uh, William Zabka, which is Johnny Lawrence. And there was Rob Garrison, who played. Um, I forgot his character, but he's the guy that screams, get him a body bag. <laughs> awesome. Right. Uh, and I met William Zabka. He was one of the nicest guys you will ever meet. Oh, that's awesome. He was so cool to talk to. Like. I felt, and I felt like if he didn't have a lot of people waiting to sign, he would have sat down and, and done an interview with me, you know, for the show or something. Oh, how you cool know. is that? Yeah, it would have been nice. Um, but yeah, go listen to the Fat Guys Little Coat Steel City Con, August 2018 is the title of that show. Okay, sounds good. good. Anything else? I'm good. All right, till next time. Martha. Peace. Peace.